part two. <laughs> I'm seriously going to try to finish all this. And uh, last week we held what is now the historic groundbreaking to the 250 seat sanctuary that will hold the first service on Easter Sunday 2019, right? Right? And so the title of the message that I began last week was uh, fulfilling the dream, fulfilling the dream. Today, I hope to prove to you that unfulfilled dreams, come on, are not God's design, but they are simply the fruit of laziness. <laughs> you have not because you ask not. Last week, we focused just on two verses in John chapter 15. We read verses 7 and 8, which is where Jesus was promising that if you abide in him, if his words abide in, if you, his words abide in you, that you can ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. And then in verse 8, he told you the why. Because it's for his it's to his father's glory that we bear much fruit. Why? Showing ourselves to be his disciples. Jesus gives you permission to ask for anything so that your joy will be full. Unfulfilled dreams do not bring a life full of joy or the much more, the much fruit that we're commanded to bear. So unfulfilled dreams are not God's design for your life, but simply fruit of laziness. So uh, last week we talked about how do we position ourselves to live a life that fulfills dreams or that sets us up for fulfilled dreams. I gave you three things. One, we need to be a people of vision. Vision. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done now on earth as it is in heaven, right? When he sent the disciples out, commissioning them to go out, what did he tell them to preach? The kingdom is here. The kingdom's at hand. The kingdom is now. Here it is. So now heal the sick. You see that? Raise the dead. He said, but you have to be a people of vision. You have to see the kingdom come now. You have to be a people of giving. Why? We're stewards. If we're just takers, it's all about me. Mine, mine, mine. Eat, eat, eat. Fat little spoiled brats. How is that sharing the kingdom? How is that expanding the kingdom? Freely you've been given, so freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. You have to be a people of giving. And we talked about equality in giving. Because for some people who just sit down and suck off the bottle, thank you, they're just babies. They'll never mature. Actually, we call the people that are constantly just taking, taking, sucking, sucking, taking, 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 um, leeches, right? We have to be contributors. So he's talking about giving in a way that it's not everybody gives the same amount, but equality is whatever you've been given. Don't think about giving out of what you don't have. Think about giving what you do have and you're faithful with what you do have and he'll make you faithful of more. All right, faithful with little, faithful with more. Some he gives five, some he gives two, some he gives one. If you only have one and you're always pointing fingers at the one that has five, well, if I had five, I could do something, do something with the one, and you may be able to have five. Equality is not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. And it's got to cost you something. You're like, well, I only have two pennies. What can two pennies do? Two pennies in the Bible made the king of the universe take note. 
when the widow dropped in her two pennies, two mites, the king of the universe stood and took attention. Did you see that? Because she was faithful with the little. We have to be a people of giving. And we have to be a people believing. We have to be a people of hope or what's their hope for? We have to be a people who's believing for better things, believing for God's kingdom come now. We have to be a believing people. We have to be a people full of hope and dreams. Otherwise, what's the world going to turn to us for? If you're just as miserable as your neighbor is, and all the woes and woe is me and oh, what do you have that they want? And I'm not talking about a pie in the sky. He says his kingdom come now. And see, that's that joy. That's that I can't tell you why. You know, when, when I don't have, you know, this abundance, but I still have this joy. Well, why are you so happy? Look at your life. I don't know. God in me. Because it's not about what I can see. It's about what I can't see yet. But that keeps me hoping for. It's a believing that God is as big as he says he is. And he cares about me. He cares about you. It's not indifferent to your suffering, but he might be tempering the, the vessel. It's okay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, where is he? Sitting back waiting for you to come to the other side? No, he's walking with you. I'll fear nothing. He sets before my enemy a table. What? For who? Me. In front of my enemy means that you are facing your enemy. Not when you're in the valley of green pastures. But when you're facing your enemy, he says, you know what? Hey, don't worry. Don't fear. Look it. I'll feed you. Believing that God will do the impossible because he's an impossible God. Again, the difference between vision and believing. You have to see God's kingdom come in order to believe his will will be done. If you weren't here last week, listen to the podcast. I go into a lot more detail about it. Mark 16, 17. Then these miracles will follow those who believe. If you step back and wait for the miracle so you can see it with your eyes and then you'll believe, what faith is that? Who hopes for something they already have, the Bible said. What's that? And at the end of the message, we handed out what Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, listen to me, Pastor Neil already alluded to is the faith promise cards. And I ask you to take them last week and go home and pray about them and really Seek God. God, what do you want to do through me? What do you want to do through me? Not what can you do, but what does God want to do through you? So at the end of this message and the end of second service, we'll be collecting those faith promise cards. But I mean it. It has to be a leap of faith to do what we can't do. If you count the numbers here, First service and second service, we can't raise $180,000 in now 25 weeks to have that accomplished by Easter. We can't. Not in the physical. God loves coming through when we step up in faith and say, God, all I see is two pennies but you have a vast resource. I mean, it, the streets are made of pure gold. Nothing hinders you, God. And if you can take two small fish, a boy's lunch, and feed multitudes, here's what I have, Lord, and watch it multiplied in his hands. But here's where the tension always lies between what we can do and what we can believe God to do, right? 
Especially when we feel like we've done all we can do and still we're coming up short. God, we're, we're nearing that 20th week. We're nearing that 22nd week. Oh, Lord, you know what? Right? It's when that tension comes, when you're believing God. God, I don't have the money to pay this bill. And I'm believing you, God. And here, you know, I put this amount of money toward it. And, you know, and I was faithful in, tithe, faithful in offerings. I was giving. I never backed off on my missions faith promise i never backed off on my building faith promise you know god i stuck with it but here we are at the 11th hour and the bill's coming and the, you know this is going to be shut off what are you going to do and then the tension comes in well should i have taken that that missions money and paid that should i have, you know taken that not paid that and pay, there's where that tension lies what we do and what we can believe God to do. <laughs> and in some of these things, like what we're about ready to step in faith in, it's, oh, God, was this even you? <laughs> right? <laughs> you, know, you know, maybe we weren't supposed to build right now. And because, you know, now we're coming up short. You know, oh, there's that tension. But God's always proved himself faithful. And he drops just a little seed at just the right time that builds up or bolsters up our faith again. Yes, this is God. And I asked uh, Crystal to share a testimony. I thought last week, but I believe it's right now that she wants to, uh, she's going to come up and share with us. It was a pastor when he was believing God to build this sanctuary. And so I think the microphone's right over here. I've asked her to come and read that testimony to us. Fix your dress. There you go. Sorry, it's a mama in me. His mother heart towards me. <laughs> okay. So um, in July, um, David and I were visiting with uh, Pastor Bob Shillette, who used to pastor this church. And he... He's, we've done it every year, and he's never told me this stuff. And so this year, he just really poured out a lot of the stuff that happened when he was here and all the miracles um, that took place when he was here. So I'm just going to read this. Um, it says, in July of 2018, I met with Pastor Bob Gillette. He told me his testimony about when the church was in its first building project, which is this sanctuary here. Um, the church board had decided to build the sanctuary debt-free. Pastor Bob said he was working on the foundation one day alone and was very discouraged. He felt like he was doing everything on his own and it was impossible. He prayed and said, God, if you are with me in this, I need some encouragement. And a few minutes later, a man that was driving by pulled in to the parking lot. He walked up to the foundation of the new building looked at Pastor Bob, sorry, and asked, are you the pastor of this church? Pastor Bob told him that he was, and the man replied that God had told him to stop and give him some money for the building project. He pulled out a check and set it down on a brick and then left. Pastor Bob found that the check was for $1,000. He said that many miracles followed. A man who was an engineer made the plans up and donated his time. Um, among other people who donated time to help, these people were not even members of the church. The building was constructed at a higher quality for significantly less. Pastor Bob also stated that at one point, the Assembly of God was going to shut this church down. Before he even came, they, were, they had said they were going to shut it down completely because it was unproductive because of the location, which we know is not true, right? <laughs> When he brought the plans before the district the first time to build the new sanctuary, they denied it because they said this was an unproductive church. So we've come a long way. Pastor Bob stated that he loves Beulah because it is the place that he saw God do the most miracles in his life. And then George Mueller said, when believing for a building to house 700 orphans debt-free, um, he wrote this, the greatest sum required affords me a kind of secret joy for the greater the difficulty to be overcome the more will it 
the more will it be seen to the glory of God how much can be done by prayer and faith. I love it. The bigger the impossibility, the bigger God gets all the glory. I love it. So what do we ask for? Oh, oh yeah, $180,000. No. <laughs> oh, one million. Dave's back there. One million. Ask him for one. Well, yeah, Lord, what? A, yes. So what do we ask for? When do we know if we are being selfish? How do we know when it's our dream and when it's God's dream? This is usually where most Christians stop and never ask. They become lazy or ignorant and believe, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll just give it to me. It's just lazy and ignorant, actually. Could, could you imagine one of your children saying that to you? I don't need to ask you for anything. Oh, mmm, mmm, mmm. I hear the little mmm. So what do we ask for? When do we know if it's being selfish or not? Here it is. Do you have your pen, your paper? I'm going to give you a truth that's going to change your life. really is. Don't forget this. How do we know if, if we're asking for good things or... Not good things when we should ask and when we shouldn't ask. Here it is. Simple. Just trust God. <laughs> ask and then trust God. Well, how do I know if I'm asking for the right thing? Ask and trust God. He'll sort out if it's selfish or not. I quoted it earlier. You have not because you ask not, right? People have used that scripture that goes on to say, and you know, and you don't receive because sometimes you ask amiss, right? Because you ask with selfish motives. People have actually used that to say, don't ask. See, you're not supposed to ask for that. That's selfish. That is not what he was saying at all. Actually, that scripture was encouraging them. Think about it. He's saying, ask. Ask for anything. You don't have because you don't ask. So keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. Well, am I supposed to ask for that? I don't know. Ask. And don't worry. You know what? Because the, the question was, the church is saying, um, how come some of the things we don't get? Think about that. So they were getting 99% of what they were asking for but why not this one other percent? Uh, we noticed that some of the things we're asking for we're not receiving. And the apostle was saying, well, don't worry. That was probably that one percent. He said, uh, you don't need that. <laughs> that. That was selfish. They were asking. Keep asking. Keep asking. You have not because you Ask not. So don't stop asking. And if you ask amiss, don't worry. He just won't give you that. So keep asking. Keep asking. Right? Wouldn't you do that with your children? Keep asking me. Just ask me. If I, if I need to say no or not yet, I'll tell you. But don't stop asking. Okay. Now you're understanding. So what do we ask for? We get permission to ask for anything, whatever you wish for, ask it. Well, what if it's selfish? He'll tell you, no, no, Lord. <laughs> you just won't get it, right? Why do we overcomplicate things? Just ask and keep asking. Ask whatever you wish and trust him. He'll sort it out. And that is not your job to sort out somebody else's prayer requests. To go around and pop the balloon of other people's hopes and dreams is not your job. Actually, there's an accuser of the brethren who's doing a pretty good job of that. You want to set with him? 
No. Ask, believe, hope, encourage, right? Exhort each other. Spur one another on to what? Good works, good deeds. Hope, believe. Come on. Is there anything in the life of Jesus that would uh, say or encourage us to believe less than? It was always to believe for the impossible. Hope for the kingdom come when? Now. Why? So his will will be done now. All things. And God is not just interested in what you need. Have you heard people say that? Oh, don't ask for that. That's, that's a want. That's not a need. God's interested in what you want, wish for. Do you wish for your needs? No. 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 He's, he's interested in what you want. That's why he says what you wish for. Whatever you hope for. Ask for anything. I like it. I had a, sometimes I don't share testimonies with you because I'm like, oh, that's just so stupid. I'm not going to share that. Well, I learned recently that when we don't give testimony, we rob God of blessings, of glory. Because what do you do when you hear a testimony, whether it's small or humongous? You praise God, right? When we don't give our testimonies, even in the stupid little things, we rob God of those praises and I don't know when it was months two months ago oh this is gonna get embarrassing um you know I like wearing jeans right for quite a while I I only had one pair of preaching jeans right they were somewhat nice they did have holes in them but they were they came that way mother I paid for them you know I liked them but one Sunday I was getting, I was, you know, swung into the bathroom, using the bathroom and looking at myself in the mirror, my holy jeans and I'm thinking, man, it'd be nice to have another pair of, you know, preaching jeans. And we had the money. I just choose not to spend the money on that because it's like, oh, I can use my, you know, pay this or do that. And, and while I'm looking at and just it was a fleeting thought. And God said, why don't you ask me for the money? I went, well, it'd be nice to have two, three pair of jeans that I could kind of, you know. So, you know, nice jeans, you know, they're usually about $50, you know. And I'm thinking, man, $100 for two pair of jeans. And, mm. and God said, how about you just ask me for $50? How about well, that'd be nice. Okay, Lord, if you want to give me $50 and you find the sales for me and I can get two pair of jeans, I'll be happy. I mean, fleeting thought in the bathroom before I preach, right? I walk out of that bathroom, come up here, and I usually try to greet a couple people before I go put on all my stuff. And a uh, lady greeted me right over here, handed me a card. I said, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. And Anyway, stuck it in my purse after church, went home, taking care of my stuff. And I went, oh, yeah, hey, Brian, here's a card. Sister so-and-so gave, opened it up, $50 bill. I'm like, dang it, I should have asked for 100 No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. And what's even amazing, I mean, I could go into the big, long story, and it would take me a lot of time, but only the ladies would be applauding after this one, to show you that the $50 jeans, $50, $60 jeans, just happened to be on sale that day at Kohl's, just happened to have my size, which is hard to find, you know, in the short and the wide, deep and wide, deep and wide. Oh, no. Just happened to be, and then, you know, I couldn't, and I had to call in to place the order, and he goes, oh, you know what? Hey, I can even put this coupon on there. Guess how much I had to pay? 21 cents over the $50 for the two pair of jeans. So, 
See, it was just the women clapping. The men are like, so. Anyway. Just not even a few weeks ago during this whole Pastor Appreciation Month, which you guys have just been awesome. I mean, it's almost every day somebody's knocking on the door. I, the boys called me yesterday and said there was somebody pulled in in a red vehicle and we didn't get to the door in time. And so I don't know who it was. I said, go look on the porch. They probably left a gift. <laughs> they did. Anyway, I know. But fleeting thought. I'm making, I usually only, if I have toast, you know, in the morning, I usually just have one piece of toast or, you know, half a bagel or something. And we have a four slot toaster, right? I don't know why. I just always use the second one in from the left, right? Always. Just put it. Well, the last few weeks or whatever, it only toasted one side of my toast. So I pop it up, flip it around. Put it. Why I didn't try the other three slots, I don't know. But I would get, not that I would frustrate it or anything, but I'd just be like, man, that's a bother. You know what? You know, why don't you just do what you're supposed to do and toast both sides at once? You're all like, oh, she pushed the bag button. No, I didn't. I was that smart. I did check that. Anyway, fleeting thought. I didn't, you know, curse you, toaster. I didn't do anything like that. I just fleeting thought. During this whole, this person knocked down my door, said, here's a gift, and it was all wrapped up in bows. I love all that stuff. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. The person says, the man, which was really weird, says, I was in the store praying, God, tell me what you want me to buy for the pastor. And he said, I got this word, and I don't know, it's so weird. Anyway, I opened it up. It was a toaster. I know, forest light, a lot nice. Well, I mean, the one I had was really nice, which that went down on the snack bar for the company that's coming, which... I'll just warn them about that one hole right there. Anyway, why does God do these little things? Yeah. It's that simple. And when we can believe him for the little things, when he says, now we have a giant leap of faith, you're going to be like, that's easy. If he can do all these little things, of course he can do the big things. Right? He is wanting us to ask. Ask. Why? So we can see them fulfilled. So then when we do take a giant $180,000 leap, it's like, this is nothing. This is nothing. He wants to do these little things, but he wants us to ask. He wants our dependence upon him as a good father. Bill Johnson said, what kind of father do you think he is? I'll tell you what kind he is not. He's been defined as a father who's only interested in your needs and not your wants. God is not the administrator of an orphanage where you get three meals a day and a cot to sleep on. He's a good father who takes delight in his children. Think about it, the scripture that says, which of you, if your son asked for a piece of bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Why don't you have? Because you don't ask. He wants to give good gifts to who? To those he wants to. No. To those who ask. And gifts are given out of relationship. Have you heard that one? Oh, so you're just wanting them to get, 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 get. Oh, so they're seeking the gift. Brian, over, it will be 30 years in April, we've been married. He is not a good gift giver. He's getting better. This last couple years, he's getting better. You know, like, he got me that ring. I love that ring. He's got me this watch. 
for our 25th anniversary, he bought me the, the engagement ring that went with my wedding band. He's getting better. He bought me these earrings. Now, I, I help him every once in a while. I'll circle the little flyer right there, buddy. There's, there's a store even, right? But can you, can you see that in 30 years of marriage, I love this more than I love that? Do you think I love the ring more than I love Brian? Do you think I love the earrings more than I? No. It just, it's a testimony of his love for me. I can tell people, hey, look at Brian bought me these earrings. He loves me. He loves me so much. He bought me this ring. I love him. He loves, right? Do you, does that sound like a selfish, I have to have gifts? No. It's a. Well, I do have to have gifts. I love gifts. But I don't love the gift more than the giver. Right? And even your children, when they're growing up, learn this. Because at first, do they love the gift more than you? Let's just be honest. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. But the more you raise them up and you continue to give them things, they realize, oh, it's out of love. It's out of a relationship. You give me those things because you love me. Right? Come on. So you don't stop asking. You keep asking. All right. So to make this a legitimate meeting in the last 10 minutes, open your Bible. Let's turn to John chapter 15. We have to read out of the Bible and make it a legitimate service, right? Okay. You thought I was just going to preach without opening the Bible. Well, when the word's in you, let my words abide in you. Psalm 119, uh, I think it's verse 11, said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And when the word's in you, you don't have to, you know, I'm okay, let me be careful. It gets in you so that if you happen to be at work and your Bible's not with you, it's still in you. <laughs> okay? You don't get to set it down and say, well, there, I got it in me. I never have to open it again. That, it's the living, active word. It consistently, continually reveals deeper depths to you because it gives you revelation based on your maturity. That you might only understand this part right here for now because that's all you can receive. The whole milk and meat. Alright? You can't shove a steak in a baby's face and expect him to live. You know? Give him a little milk. Same thing. You'll continue to see deeper and deeper truths when you honor the truth. Okay? Anyway, John 15. Like I said, last week we read just verses 7 and 8. This week, I want you to really study out, because I don't, for time's sake, I, I can't go into reading all this. But verses 1 through 17 are the culmination of this ask. The promise is ask for anything and it will be given to you. And I was sharing with... Um, Tom and Amy, my mom and dad and Carrie, when we was out at lunch yesterday, um, that God's, the Holy Spirit has been teaching me a new way to study the Bible. You know, I tell you all the time, the Bible is full of promises, right? With every promise is a condition. If you do this, God will do this. If you do this, God will do this. If you do this, God will do this. For so long, and I think that's the, the baby side, I wanted to suck only on the promise. Through maturity and through, you know, growing up in him and loving the Lord, he's showing me the condition. Now, remember, uh, I'll give this to you for a while. <laughs> but after a while, you're going to have to go get that food yourself. Right? Just like a baby. I'll come and feed you while you're little. But as you get older, you better go make your own meals. <laughs> Learn what you can benefit from that meal. Same thing, conditions. And he's been teaching me about if you look for the promise, 
and then study the condition and walk it out. Walk it out. Okay, you have to walk out the word, apply the word to your life. So you're not just hearers, but you're doers of the word. Then the blessings, like I said last week, you don't even have to look for them. You don't have to look for the gift. Now you're just walking in the condition, your part, do your part, and the blessings will overtake you like a tidal wave behind you. You're not seeking them anymore. They just come. You're like, why are you so full of joy? I don't know. I'm just living out God's word. You know, well, how do you know? What do you know to pray for? You might even get to the place where you don't even pray for things anymore. They just come before you even ask. That's what I'm believing for. A life that's just so focused on God's kingdom come now. His will be done now. Everything else is taken care of. Boy, I've heard that somewhere before. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. You don't even have to ask for them anymore. This verse is 1 through 17. When you look at the, the promises, ask for anything and it will be given to you. That was the verse 7 and 8. Now look at the conditions that come with that. He talks about remain in me. Remain in me. If you are in me, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. My father's the gardener. In verse 2, he says, the father cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Let me just say, there's those um, milk suckers that want to remain in him but bear nothing, do nothing, and I'll just suck off the branch or the vine the whole time. The father will come and cut that off. Why? Because you're not bearing fruit. And he said, let my words remain in you. I'm going to have to... Like I said, for time's sake, allow me to just sum this up for you. Read verses 1 through 17. Circle. That's what I did. I went through. Look, at. I went through and I circled the words if, the words remain, the words will, what do you do, what does God do, underline, so that I can easily see, oh, okay, God, this is my part. This is what you'll do. This is my part. This is what you do. Because he wants to partner with us. So he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will bear much fruit. God's word is seeds. That will not return void. They will produce a harvest. I told you before, it's not, have you ever walked by an apple tree? And hear it out there going, produce an apple. No, there's no struggle. There's no struggle. There's no toiling. You're not trying to produce fruit. You're not focusing on fruit. He said, abide in me. Let my words abide in you. There's his seed, his seed, his word. And it will automatically produce fruit in your life. You see that? Our job is to keep speaking God's word. It's, you, it's almost like you're a seed spitter. All right? You're either speaking the word of God or you're speaking the voice of the enemy. It's one or the other. It's either words full of hope or it's words of hopelessness. It's either words of encouragement or words to discourage. It's one or the other. We need to purpose to be Seed spitting harvesters of miracles. And that's where that's the sower catches up with the harvester. You won't even realize it, but the minute you're speaking God's word, you're speaking God's word, your blessings already come. Miracles are being produced and you don't even know how. Because they're coming so fast because you've purposed to be a seed spitter. <laughs> seed speaker. God's word, God's word. Brian and I have purpose that we're helping each other to constantly be speaking God's word. Nothing else. God's word incurred. Now you're like, oh, so you never talk about anything else? 
I'm talking about we don't let anything that's contrary to his word out of our mouth. We don't want to speak negative. Why? Because then that's what we'll get. We want to be speaking encouragement. So when we're faced with a difficulty, we spit words at it. Spit seeds words. Seed. God's seed at it. Be purposely speaking. Don't sabotage your blessing by what you speak. Oh, God won't give me that. I'm not going to ask him for that. Again, that's just being lazy. It's being ignorant. He didn't say that he created you to be uh, just skimming by. We're, uh, we're priests. We're royal priesthood. We're a royal kingdom, right? Come on. He says you multiple blessings so that what? We can show that we're his disciples. Why? Because we're a people of giving. We need to be blessed to be a blessing, right? I mean, if you got in your heart to help the poor, right? To feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, can you do that without money? Well, I mean, you can go out there and take other people's money. <laughs> but why not believe God that he wants to do that through you? So start speaking it. God, I want to be a blessing to many people. And he says, really? What will you do with this? So he gives you one little thing. So what are you going to do with that? And you're like, well, God, you show me. I'll give it away. Like, I just, I have a problem with purses and shoes. I love purses. I love shoes. I went through my purses the other day. And I didn't want to get rid of any of them. I like them all. I'm like, I've got to find seeds. And so I just started pulling things out of my closet, pulling things out. And I, I gave away a bunch of purses that I really still liked. And look what was seated back at me. I got a brand new purse. It was a $200 purse. Somebody gave me a gift card. I only spent $50. Well, I didn't spend anything. It was a gift card. And you're like, she's got a problem with purses. Hey, God loves me. Anything I want, anything I wish for. Did I do what I was supposed to do with what he gave me? Yeah. I was a giving person. I really got to hurry up. Uh, remain in my love. So he says, remain in me. Have my words remain in you. Remain in my love. And then he says, you know how you'll remain in my love? When you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. See, you need to circle all those will words. You will means there's no struggle there. When God says, I will, there's no struggle there. Do this and this will happen. It's no Pinterest epic fails. I tried it and it didn't work. No. He said, God says, you do this and it will happen. This will happen. Remain in my love. How? By obeying my commands. You will remain in my love. If you obey my command, and then he tells you what that command is. Again, this is just 17 verses. 17 verses. Very small. Well, depending on your font size, it could be this big. Or it could be this. But anyway, very small. 17 verses. He even tells you what he's talking about. The command. Love as... I have loved you. What? That's it? Yeah. If you love as he's loved you, love others as he has loved you, you will, you will remain in his love. You will continue to abide in him. You will. You see that? You will. But remember, love must have actions. We, we've talked about this over and over again, that you can't just continue to say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Finally, it's going to come to the point of uh, prove it, right? <laughs> Tangible evidence. Don't say you love God if you can't even love your brother that you see. It has to have tangible actions behind it. Love. It says, now go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last is produced from whose seed? God's seed. You can't produce anything good outside of God. 
You can't produce fruit that will last outside of God's seed. It's God's seed that produces fruit that will last. And how do we do that? How do we bear the much fruit? By remaining in him, his words remain in you. By obeying his command to love others as. Oh, sweet Jesus. I just looked at the time. Last week, we gave you realizing the vision. Last week, I told you that we're not putting together faith promise cards based on a year. This is for a six month. We're believing for six months. Exactly. Last week was exactly six months. I had no idea until I was standing here preaching that. That last week was October 21st. Easter is on April 21st. Exactly 26 weeks. Well, now it's a week later, so it's 25 weeks. But that we're believing for six months. And I ask you to take this home and pray about it. Not what you can do, but believing what... Sorry, I was holding that out. You were probably trying to read that. I'll turn it around this way. This is, this is, Brian and I did this, and, and the way that we did it is that um, I prayed about it. I believe I had an answer, and then Brian did the same thing, and then it's like one, two, three, say your answer, right? It's the same thing. It was God, you know? It's like, I know it's God. And so we wrote it down. But what I want you to do is take out your card. And I want you to look at it. I want you to just pause a minute before we get ready to collect these. And ask, did I write down just what I could do? Or in this believing, in this asking, that God is a big, big God and wants to do big, big things through you. Am I believing him for the impossible? I'll do my part, God. And I'll trust that you'll do your part. If you need to edit that card, do that. Does anybody need a card? The ushers have cards. They'll give you one if, if you forgot to bring yours. I'll just raise your hand. They'll get them up to you now. A few weeks ago, I was, I've heard this before, um, but I did some research on it. You ever heard of a quantum leap? Quantum leap. Physics, right? Who doesn't love physics? Around every atom are uh, these electrons that orbit this atom. At a precise rotation, this, this, each one having a specific orbit around the atom. Well, scientists studied and studied and studied, can we, or does that electron, is that what it, electron, can it change its course? Does it change its course? And they actually found out they do not. They do not differ. They do not move at all out of their extreme specific orbit all at these different you know motions and times until they apply extreme pressure to one of those electrons it will disappear from its orbit and then reappear into a, a completely different orbit Until extreme pressure is applied to it. What we're believing for is not for you to continue to do the same thing over and over again and believe for a different result. Because that's the definition of insanity. But whatever you've been doing on a constant rotation, it's the same thing, I'm getting the same thing, I'm believing, is to believe for God to apply some extreme pressure to you to you into a different orbit. So what you thought was impossible 
today is going to become your normal tomorrow or next year or in 25 weeks from now. What you thought was absolutely impossible, there's no way. And, oh, and then all of a sudden you start feeling the pressure and, oh, and, oh, I could eat this lunch and I feel like God wants me to give this lunch to feed the multitudes. You're with me, right? You're tracking with me? And I'm feeling the extreme pressure. It's because you're about ready to jump that quantum leap into a new orbit. That what you believed was impossible yesterday, you'll walk in normal tomorrow and the next day and the next year. I don't want you to write this out, drop this in the bucket, and then walk away. Well, if God wants me to give that, he'll make it happen. Lazy. Ignorant. Right? A good steward continues to produce. What? With what they have. Here's my lunch. Oh. And now I've got two lunches. Oh. <laughs> oh, now I give those two lunches. Oh, now I've got four lunches. You know? All right, good stewards, using what's in your hand, being shrewd. It's talking about shrewd we've used as a put off. Oh, well, that's shrewd. No, shrewd is being creative and specific and engineering circumstances. See that? Come on. You do your part. He'll do his part. But your part isn't just filling out the card and dropping it in there. It's this day forward, every day, believing, praying, speaking the word, praying, speaking the word, asking, speaking the word, believing, speaking the word. Come on. What I want you to do is we're going to close this by you guys coming up. We're going to drop these cards into the bucket at the foot of the cross. Believing God. We're doing our part. And then we're going to close by praying together. So if you'd do that, would you guys just please stand as I pray? Uh, then I want you to come up, drop your cards, and stay up at the altar. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we this is a pivotal point right now. And this church's history as a testimony that we heard, that if that pastor would have given up at that time and walked away, or if he would have given in to, uh, you know, the look of this looks like an impossible situation. That God, that unfulfilled dreams would not be your purpose, but would be our cause, our fault, our, the fruit of our laziness. And God, right now, we just lay these cards at your feet. We're believing for the impossible. We're believing you are as big as you say you are. That this will be a demonstration, a testimony of your love and your greatness, Lord. Let this be a historic moment that these cards become living stones. History is being made today, today, Lord, living stones, that this building will be a tool for your glory to be seen around Benzie County and around the world, Lord. We don't believe little. We don't dream little. God, we dream big because we serve a big God. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity for such a time as this. Come on, let's come up and, and drop our cards in here. And then stay at the altar, and I just want to speak a blessing over you, and then I'll release you. Come on, we're dreaming big, dreaming big, dreaming big. God wants to see us dream big. Dream big. Fulfilled dreams. Fulfilled dreams. Fulfilled dreams. Listen, you're going to have to commit, like I said, to three things. At least these three things. That you're going to need to pray daily. Pray daily. Pray corporately. Every Wednesday, I told you, we will be faithful for the next 25 weeks. 26 weeks. Yeah. 
because we did last week too. Anyone that shows up here on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock between 6 and 7, we'll be laying our hands on these cards and believing for your miracle, abundant blessing to come into your life. Okay? We're going to be believing with you. You're not standing alone, but your job is to continue to ask, continue to believe, continue to ask. So pray. Seek God's wisdom. You have to get this word in you for it to abide in you. And I, if you haven't been doing... No, I won't even say that. At least read a proverb of the day. So today is the 28th to read Proverbs 28. Do you understand a proverb? Actually, Proverbs says in 1716, What use is money... In the hand of a fool, since he has no desire to get wisdom. Oh, you have to seek God's wisdom. Seek God's wisdom. He'll tell you what to do with what you have. For some reason, he's got the inside scoop, right? Why seek your own wisdom? How far is that taking you? Okay. He said, ask me. Seek his wisdom. Seek his wisdom. And also, please don't put this off. Be fasting on a consistent basis. Not that you're holding your breath for God to move on your behalf. It is simply for you to put down your flesh and get focused on him. Okay? Actually, it's talked about this kind only comes by prayer and fasting. It's talking about that unbelief. To get rid of that unbelief, <laughs> you have to fast to stay connected. Fasting. And go ahead and, and try stretching your fasting. Well, I'm going to fast Facebook. Well, I guess if you're on it 24-7 and it's your lifeblood, yeah, that's a good fast. Replace it with studying. Replace it with that prayer time. Don't just go without. That's just going without. Replace it was seeking God. So praying, seeking God's wisdom, fasting, and be prepared. Every week, Pastor Neil or myself is going to ask for testimonies. So you better go make some. Because we'll be calling. If there's no volunteers, we'll be calling on you. And that will tell us, listen, what did he say? To prove you're my disciples. Come on. So we're going to ask for testimonies every week. We want to hear it because a testimony is the spirit of prophecy. What he does for one, he'll do for another. So somebody needed to hear my testimonies about the genes because you're believing for genes. You now have the spirit of prophecy in that, in that testimony where God says he'll do it again. What he did for me, he'll do for you. So you can grab a hold of that. All right, that's why we share testimonies. I know you're looking at my jeans now. You like? And my boots. My boots are a gift. My necklace is a gift. What else do I have as a gift? I know I'm spoiled. I love it. Anyway, all right. I want to. I want to pray for you. The people standing here today, believing God for the impossible. To fulfill the dreams from years past will now be the testimony for generations to come. I believe that. I believe that. So let's just, and when we close in prayer today, if you want to soak at the altar, if you need prayer for anything, don't leave. Don't let the words be spoken over you and then become bird bait later on when you walk out. Okay, plant it, plant it, Lord. Take time to plant it in you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this miracle opportunity to see your glory on display here in Cornerstone Assembly of God and in Pensie County and around the world, that this will be the testimony of generations to come. The few here that believed a God of the impossible.
thank you, Lord. Now we pray for miracle blessings to overtake those that put their faith in you, Lord, not in finances, but in you, Lord, and are wanting to partner with you for the impossible. Let those blessings overtake them as they seek your face, as they seek a, a relationship with you, an abiding with you, that they consistently, Lord, walk in your love, your command to walk in your love, love others as you love them, that they will remain in your love and they will remain and abide in you and your word will abide in them and they will will be able to ask anything in your name and it will be done for them thank you lord for your word now plant it down deep in our hearts good soil oh that it's pressed down shaken together and running over blessings will come back upon us without even seeking it lord you'll take care of everything thank you for that thank you for that now please if you need to stay if you need to go fine if you 